0: Hello, Master. It's been a while. We are off on an adventure! This is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing.
1: For what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. Trust me, Hera. I'm excited. This is my excited face. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. When you're listening to Geeky Bubble, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. I am your host, Jonah Marie, and with me is the Mandalore to my mall, <laughs> my mom, Maria. Hey, at
0: least I'm Mandalore,
1: not mall. I was thinking about that because I was like, well, Ma doesn't want to be mall." Nope. In this situation. Nope. She never does. <laughs> nope. She doesn't like him all that much. Nope. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, I'll make her Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Darksaber to my mall. Still, either way, I, I get mall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, the discussion question for this week is what's your favorite Hondo quote or moment? And I brought this up because he shows up in this arc. So,
0: I will have to say the moment in, in Rebels when he tells Ezra that he had jedi friends
1: right right and it's funny because you're seeing that now in clone wars yes where they're really not friends yeah it's just that he he just calls them that because it comes off cool oh
0: hondo (laughs) yeah this is the most amazing
1: pirate it's funny because he has like a version of his past like he sees things the way he remembers remembers them them. and not really objectively (laughs) how they actually happened but i do like to think that in some way he did think kenobi was his friend especially since they had so many run-ins together yeah yeah he's he's a cookie character yeah my favorite hondo moment or quote it happens in this arc it's when maul says how they're insolent and hondo he says insolence we're pirates we don't even know what that means (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's hondo (laughs) oh man i remember i remember when i first saw that at the time i was still writing in tumblr and i don't think i had my website at the time so i had uh made gifs of that moment because i just thought it was too funny and they're probably still around somewhere on the internet So if you have a favorite Hondo moment or quote, please let us know on social media. So in this episode, we looked back at Revival, Eminence, Shades of Reason, and The Lawless. And Revival specifically was supposed to be the first episode of the season. And then they showed the rest of the three later on. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They wasn't, it wasn't together the way that we had watched it. How did it make sense? It, it didn't, really.
0: Because seeing them one after the other like this, it, it makes so so much sense. It was a perfect story, you know, right. from beginning to end. I can't imagine just dropping the first one and then nothing and, happens until...
1: And that's why Adjoa had replied to us on our Twitter because he was explaining the context of when the droid arc and the Jedi youngling yeah. arc came out because... Those two arcs came right after that first episode with Maul. So people are like, what? We just got that Maul episode. (laughs) And now you're giving us... Stories about children and droids. droids? what is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's why people were so in a huff at the time. but I do like how the DVD has it where it, it, it's grouped together with all the other episodes. So this arc was pretty crazy. A lot of stuff went down. Of course, I loved it because of Mandalorians. Yeah. Mandalorians are are really crazy. They like war too much. This is why <laughs> this is why Kanan also just FYI, if you hear popping sounds in the back, that's because it's July 3rd and people like to throw fireworks in the air and even start. though it's not July 4th yet. So you'll be hearing that quite <laughs> quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh as I was saying, it's sort of like what Kanan had said in the Protectors of Concord Dawn episode where he says, "What is it with you, Mandalorians? Never knowing how to solve anything except through the end of a blaster." Yep,
0: that's Mandalorians.
1: <laughs> it it really so sums funny. them up so well. <laughs> yeah, because
0: it's like he, here you have a woman trying to advance your culture by peace, by bringing peace. And yes, she went to one to the other extreme. Yes, I get it, but still. <laughs> you you only feel alive if you're blasting something. Like. Right,
1: right. And we did talk about briefly when we were watching them how I always thought that Satine had gone to one extreme end, yeah. which really wasn't all that extreme because... There was concept art that I remember seeing of her wearing Mandalorian armor. It was ceremonial Mandalorian armor. So she wanted to get rid of the warring ways because one of the things Sabine mentions later on in Rebels is, you know, grass never had a chance to grow on Mandalore because everyone was just kept fighting. So it makes sense that Satine would want to be peace oriented but it, it's such a jarring yeah. like you need to transition, transition it. it you can't yes. go you can't go cold turkey <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, you know
0: it, it may work on some people but it doesn't work yeah. on on a, on a big society especially to- when That society's culture is completely based on, you know, clans and and fighting and and taking over.
1: So you need to find a compromise somewhere. And that's where Death Watch came in because... They didn't want to follow these ways. But Death Watch is the other extreme where they have to find, again, Um, that middle ground. Because you can't be constantly warring and fighting and destroying. Going after one other clan and climbing the ladder that way. So, yeah, it's just, you know, you have these two mentalities clashing and we get Mandalorians. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to ask you first, what was your initial impression or thoughts on how Maul treated Savage? To me, it was kind of like how he treated Ezra. And I just wanted to pull up a specific quote from that episode uh, Visions and Voices, where he tells Ezra, this is your opportunity to embrace your destiny as my apprentice. Forget the past, forget your memories, forget your attachments. Our futures converge on a planet with two sons we can walk that path together as friends as brothers so it's interesting that he uses these terms that he used on savage you know he was my he's my apprentice yeah but but with savage he was a bit tougher oh yeah with savage he was like no you, you you
0: don't think I think, right? You know, and
1: he was very straight like that. And like, I wonder whether his approach to Ezra was because of how he handled
0: Savage. He wanted probably to have a, a softer relationship, where
1: um, quote unquote soft. softer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> where he probably had regrets, I, and I know. think he did because I. I think it was in the Twin Sons episode that Dave said that he had cut out a lot of things, and one of those things was Mall seeing Savage's face or something in in the distance because it's the desert. You, yeah, you can. Definitely yeah, think it, that he regretted a few things. Yeah,
0: he probably regretted that sternness which he handled, Savage. And then, you know, losing him. So maybe with Ezra, he wanted to build more of a true brother relationship. Still him being the master, you know, because that's more.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he always wants to be in control. I really love what Sam Whitwer had said about mall being sisyphus and how he's just rolling thing. that boulder up the hill and every time he gets you know just a just a taste of power or a taste of vengeance it comes right back down again for him yeah. to start all over yeah and, and you always, definitely saw it in and this it, art. Yes, and
0: it's always um Kenobi Kenobi
1: pushing the boulder back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how Kenobi, even though he's the reason why Maul is here in the first place trying to find his way, he's not really the end goal right now. (laughs) the more Kenobi becomes a thorn on his side, the more Kenobi actually becomes, becomes the, the gold. Yeah. And the obsession. He <laughs> becomes the white whale. Yeah. He
0: <laughs> has white whale.
1: <laughs> oh, I also found it interesting when Obi Wan and Adi Gallia had arrived there. That the guy that they were talking with, who was telling them what had happened with Maul and Savage, he called them Jedi gone rogue because he <laughs> didn't know how to he didn't know how to describe it. And he had told Obi Wan to light his lightsaber, and he's like, "Yeah, that's what it was, but it was red." Again, it's very interesting how the common average person does not know much about the Jedi, and they know even less about the Sith. Sith yeah. <laughs> so it, it, again, it, I just find it fascinating that within the span of 19 years between revenge of the sith and a new hope that people really have no clue who the jedi are and they become legends because you know i never saw one in person <laughs> it's
0: all what i hear
1: yeah 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 i also love how uh, hondo had called them crazies
0: oh yeah Two crazies. the
1: crazies <laughs> because uh you know he he actually stands up to Maul and it reminded me of Ezra standing up to Vader yeah because he he doesn't fear death no and I find that
0: very interesting about him uh, because I don't think he really understands the result of death you know what I'm saying like a point out there that Never gonna be real. That's that's not real. Oh, so distant that yeah. yeah, he doesn't think that's so ever going gonna happen. happen. Got and, it. And the same thing with Ezra is like you know this is not gonna happen. So it doesn't matter. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says Hondo Naka survives every time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm curious. I mean, this is kind of a morbid topic to transition into. But how do you think Hondo would eventually die? If it comes to it. I guess he can't right now because he's at Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) Okay. But
0: story-wise. Story-wise, there there has to be one of two ways. He either dies peacefully after a long, long life. Or he dies at the hand of a person he's treating like he treated Maul. Where he has no no regard because he thinks he's just going to survive it. Right. And then seeing his face... Like, that wasn't supposed
1: to happen. Right. You know? I wonder, too, because pirates ended up man, there's a whole bunch of things playing outside this window. If you hear an <laughs> ice cream truck, that's definitely what's happening in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and one of the things that happened in this episode was uh, his pirates, his own men, betraying him. Yeah. And then what's funny is that he's like, such traitors. I'm so proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if he would have the same reaction had had he gone like, uh, like Caesar stabbed in the back by by a whole bunch of people. But I, I think his
0: reaction will be of the, this is not how it was, it was supposed, supposed to, to happen, glow. you yeah. know? <laughs> because he thinks it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so curious. Kohando is one of those, those characters that it just
0: you love him and you hate him and you don't know which one and when. Right, right. But also <laughs> he just manages to escape every time. Because look in the younglings arc where he was willing to kill kids just coldy, just like that, then... The next moment, he's saving them. And now, he you, you know what I'm saying? It's like he is all over the place. You have no idea what he's going to do, how he's going to do it, and when.
1: Right. So unpredictable. Yeah. Which is the nature of a pirate, really. I mean, look at Jack Sparrow. Yeah. And uh, I, if I remember correctly, I think Hondo is kind of loosely based on him. Unless I'm confusing him for Janice Casimir, who was the guy that and Caleb, yep. had become friends with. When I spoke to Pepe Larraz about him drawing Janice, he said that he was inspired by Jack Sparrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I might be confusing it for that. But still, they are shifty, shifty, shifty people. people yeah. <laughs> and then Maul coming up with this, grand scheme of creating a criminal... A crime, or a cr- crime syndicate. Right, a criminal organization. It's so interesting how he tried it with the pirates. He tried it with the Mandalorians. Obviously, both failed. He he finally succeeds at some point because in Solo, we see him at the end and he's yes, running Crimson, crimson dawn. dawn. So I, I really want to know what that
0: story yeah, how is. Yeah, how he went from what we see in these four chapters to what we saw in Solo being the head of right. Kings Dawn. Like, I want to know, how, how did that happen? Because his history
1: track <laughs> isn't really all that successful. You know, not, not,
0: <laughs> n- n- not for nothing. And I, I don't think we tend to see these types of movies, but I think... A um, mole movie would be fascinating
1: That would to be, watch. especially to see how... Um, if it's well-tell,
0: of course. Right. It would be fascinating because coming, you know, from now to where we know is, he's in Solo to where he ends up, you know, it's sort of like there's so much in there that can be told.
1: I would rather than see it as a miniseries rather than a that, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then you can expand, expand on it. yeah. yeah. Uh, So yeah, I definitely got to see that. (laughs) It'd be very informative. It's also funny how Palpatine, at the very end of that first episode, he uh, calls the Sith a personal problem for the Jedi, and they shouldn't really be focusing on that because the Republic doesn't want to get involved with any of that personal business. You know, the Jedi are so preoccupied with the Clone Wars that they don't, really take into consideration the fact that all these crime organizations and all these crime lords and whoever are taking hold of whole systems. And uh, and that's why Maul decides to go this route, because it'll get the Jedi off his back, because they're so preoccupied with the Separatists. Well, and, and, and that is the basis for Palpatine's um,
0: whole plan. It's like, distract them with this... While I do the other thing. Right, and right. And nobody will be the wiser. Right. So if they start coming to my to the side I don't want them in, of course I'm going to start steering them the other way. No, 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 no. Don't, don't worry about this. No, no, no. This is something. That, no, no, no,
1: no, no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, after the pirates, they are found by the Mandalorians. And I found it very interesting how when uh, the Mandalorian stepped into their escape pod, because they were freezing inside of there and just in stasis, how Pre yeah. mm-hmm. he touched, he moved Maul's head. And that's technically the thing that Maul takes from him at the very end of the arc. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, that's, it rhymes. How nice. <laughs> Pre specifically says, if they're an enemy of the Jedi, they're a friend of mine. And... To me, Pre is very cool. Uh, cool-looking, I should say. Uh, he's very cool-looking. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> You know, he has that saber, that dark saber. But at the same time, he's not the brightest one because, you know, if they're an enemy of the Jedi, they're a friend of mine. Not necessarily. Yeah. Because they can easily just overturn or, or stab you in the back. The thing is that... It is normal for these groups, extreme
0: groups like this. They they just want one thing, to go and follow leaders that become powerful because they're the biggest and the better at what the whole group likes. So if the whole group likes fight, he's the biggest and better fighter.
1: Not necessarily the smartest one, right, right, you know what I'm saying, which explains why they're still sitting and being shunned on some planet uh-huh. instead exactly. of actually doing something because they're he's not a strategist, no Maul was the one who made the whole thing happen, and he wasn't interested at all with the specifically pre he wasn't interested at all with the two thousand other neutral planets that look to Mandalore. For leadership, Shit. for guidance. He, he only wanted Mandalore. So he has a very singular vision. And Maul, Maul says that you are, your vision lacks clarity. Yeah. And he also said, without us, you have no army and no reason to replace the duchess. The depth of this opportunity eludes you. You shall watch and learn. Like, <laughs> you know, this guy is, is a warrior by nature. What a way to like pat him on, on the, the head. head like you'll watch and yeah, learn. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> condescending. And, <yeah. laughs> and and what does he
0: do instead of actually, you know, learning from it, he behaves in the way that is expected of somebody who doesn't have the mind to be doing what he's doing, which is, you know, I'll deal with him later. Instead of looking and watching. And seeing that, you know what, this guy
1: is not somebody to mess with. I mean, like, how do you just put them in a cell and not expect them to break, break out? out? They're Sith, they're that. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're force sensitive people. <laughs> you, you've seen what they're capable of doing. Exactly. I, and it's just, Pre had a lot of missed opportunities. opportunities. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then one of my favorite moments, actually, when they were acquiring all their different allies. Throughout the criminal underworlds. Yeah. When they get to the huts, the uh, Nalhara, Maul is trying to get answers as to where Jabba the Hut that is. is. Uh, he gets told that Jabba's at Jabba's palace. <laughs> and Maul says, So the only thing you can tell me is that I will find Jabba at Jabba's palace. <laughs> And I thought that was just such a brilliant line, a brilliant moment. (laughs) You know, it's
0: sad because you see Maul's mind and you know he's smart.
1: Oh, he's, yeah. You know he's
0: brilliant. He can go
1: far, which is why the Emperor comes after him. It's just so wasted in in a pursuit
0: of of something that is never going to bring happiness Happiness or or, or fulfillment to your heart to whatever it
1: is that that you feel you're missing you know So true. So true. Yeah, it is a waste, really. It's actually one of the things that Obi-Wan brings up when Satine gets caught and Satine's being held in front of him. Obi-Wan, I guess, tries to reason with him. And he says, you know, I've been to your home. I've seen what they've done. It wasn't your choice. Like he understands, Obi-Wan understands that Maul was never meant to be this type of person. He was made that way. But Maul just, you know, shuts him down he's already at that point where unfortunately nothing can be done i hope you
0: know what i'm gonna say i'm I'm betting it's something to do with kylo ren no oh no no no. (laughs) you know how i always said people they always have a choice Mew, Mewtwo. Oh, Mewtwo. Oh,
1: geez, the Pokemon reference. You you and my,
0: um, Jona Maria and my son, they make fun of me (laughs) because I'm always bringing out this. But it's so freaking true. You know, it's not how you were born and what you were born into, but the choices you make along the way that, you know, make you. Yes, I get it, and I understand Kenobi also sees it, but ah, so
1: sad because he's brilliant. He could have been a Meeber Gascon with his strategies. <laughs> but one other thing that I wanted to bring up was how, in acquiring that allegiance with the Huts, they come across the bounty hunters. Yes. You know, the bounty hunters are overpowered and end up running away, and, and Maul stops his people from chasing after them. And he says, they're only bounty hunters. They have no allegiance. Which makes me think about The Mandalorian, the show that's coming out in November, because this character is a bounty hunter, like the ones that we've seen in the past. What allegiance does he have? Is he just his own man? Is he like Boba Fett, where he has no allegiance? He's just in it for the money. But I'm, I'm guessing he's kind of leaning toward Mandalore, at least I would hope we'll see we'll see we'll see because we saw that that. we saw that clip in celebration he's told that there's a a A beskar and it has the imperial symbol on it werner herzog's character i forget what he says but he implies that this means this is something important to you at at least from what i gathered he, he could be a little bit you know leaning toward mandalore as his True, where his true loyalty is, why maybe? Or I, they, at least I would hope.
0: <laughs> or, or they were trying to entice him with some of his history. That's true too. You
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, so because, many questions. Because we,
0: <laughs> regardless, you know, you're still Mandalorian, so there, there's still a culture there. So, right, you know? right. It'd be interesting to see how, yeah, the Mandalorian story
1: plays out. Uh, yeah. One of the things actually that the StarWars.com Twitter account tweeted recently was uh, how Boba Fett isn't Mandalorian. I kind of made like a cringy face, like, oh, no. (laughs) 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 Because it's always been my belief that he is in some way or or another. But uh, I guess they're very adamant in saying that he's not. So, okay, you win, Star Wars. He will be in our hearts. In our hearts, yeah. He will always be a
0: Mandalorian.
1: Yes. The reason why is just, you know, this character from the very beginning he's what gave birth to mandalorians you know his his armor the name mandalorians like he is the reason why mandalorians exist and you're telling me that he's not mandalorian, mandalorian? Mm-hmm. what what <laughs> what
0: they, they want to create something out of nothing with something else you know what i'm saying it's like yeah he brings it out he puts it out there but then he's taken away from it and it's All placed in a different direction.
1: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. It made me sad. He's always gonna be Mandalore. That was a sad day for me. (laughs) No, I I don't believe everything I read. This is
1: true. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) (laughs) And so Maul's vision uh, it expands from this point forward. So he says, "You will rule Mandalore to Pre Vizsla, and under your protection, I will command a new galactic underworld." And so he wants to use one of these systems as his foundation for the criminal organization that he wants to create. So Privisla didn't want any of that criminal underworld stuff no. coming back to Mandalore. No, no, he 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 wants to
0: keep Mandalore separate. He's an he, isolationist. He, he, yeah,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> he wants to keep it away from, from other all, people. Yes,
0: that's what I get with his whole um, way of handling everything. is
1: just Mandalore. That's it. Nothing else matters. Right. One thing that I want to explain is how bo hears Previsa saying Satine's death and will kill Satine. How is it that she, and we find out that she's the sister to Satine, how is she okay with hearing her sister could die? It
0: happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens. There, there, there's siblings out there that, Don't care what happens to the other. You see, I've brought you and your brother, and I was brought up in the same way I brought you and your brother, to always care about each other. You don't have to agree with each other. You don't have to believe in the same things, but care for each other, because that's all you have, is each other. That was what my father always instilled in me. You four, because we were four, three sisters, one brother, you four, you have to watch out for yourselves. You have to make sure that you protect each other. You don't have to believe in everything that the other one does, but you always make sure that when you need it, the others are going to be there. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is brought up that way. And there's people who just get angry at things and allow those things to just fester and deteriorate the relationships between them and their siblings
1: right yeah. so
0: maybe something happened yeah in and Satine the boy bo is really pissed at her sister to the point
1: where I don't care what, uh, what anybody happens. wants to do to her you know right right Actually, Dave Filoni, he was interviewed back in 2013 about these episodes, and he mentioned this specific thing about bo He said, at this point, I think bo is a vastly more interesting character. You'd understand her motivations for things. And I have a rather lengthy backstory that explains how she became a Death Watch soldier that goes all the way back to the time she and Satine are six. Because to figure out how she got to that point and yet Satine is a duchess, I have a whole story about who their father was and what their relationships were and everything with Vizsla going back for a very long time and how that intersects with Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'd give you more detail except I'd like to tell that story at some point in some form of Star Wars media in the future. I've discussed it with a couple of people and we've started to architect it into the timeline of Star Wars somewhat just to see see where things fit where these things fit so yeah dave well, yeah we're waiting <laughs> we're
0: waiting we're, I, I really want to know because there, there has to be something that really caused that a rift. really yeah that caused that rift and it just kept festering through the years and not healing yeah oh man i want to know all the things about mandalore and it's unfortunately because the same way this one ended where one sister dies and the other one realizes that the path that she has taken is not the right path necessarily. That's how it usually ends in real life as well. And and it's sad because then whoever is left behind has to deal with why did I do that? Right, right. Why didn't I changed it
1: right and it's interesting how we also saw that sibling relationship earlier in the season between stila and saw guerrera Mm -hmm. and how we talked about like if stila had survived there would have been a division Division. between them the only thing is that bo katan doesn't let her love for mandalore overpower her at this point like she comes to reason yeah that you know pre is out of the picture and I feel like had Pre Vizsla survived, maybe they would have had some clashing ideologies. I don't know. No, not really. No, it could have because he killed her. I'm talking about Pre Vizsla. That, that's what I'm and, saying. And, oh, uh, he oh, I see wanted what you say. So he wanted to kill her. So, so, he so would if have, he had... He would, exactly. Oh, and that, that, that would have caused that... Jolt, I mean yeah oh, that's true a jolt, yeah, yeah. maybe she would have realized then dang this wasn't the way uh, This yeah. this shouldn't have happened, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, maybe, but uh we know that doesn't happen because he gets his head chopped off yep. by Maul, so speaking of which you know they have that fight in the throne room, apparently Sabine's mom, Ursa Ren, is supposed to be there. Uh, it was so funny because I said Ursa's supposed to be there and you're like, who yeah, <laughs> who's who Ursa? <laughs> I was like, "What?" (laughs) You know, (laughs) and it's true. There were a lot of names. Yeah, Yeah, there's a a lot about Mandalorian history that's so complex. And and I I don't know. There's. Real weird name. I can't even remember your name and I gave it to you. Yeah, that's true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so according to Rebels Recon, Dave Filoni had stated that in his mind, Ursa was likely one of the Death Watch members present in the Mandalorian throne room in this episode when Darth Maul killed Prie So I like to be where Dave is mentally, So, yeah, I can see that. It's probably
0: one of the many women that follow Bo-Katan when she, you know, rebelled and said, no, this is not it. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it would be
1: surprising if she was one of the ones that stayed behind. That Yeah, that too. Yes, Dave, tell us all the things. (sighs) And, you know, in Bo-Katan, she, you know, she says no outsider will ever rule Mandalore. I like that she's the one that said that, because she actually is the one who becomes the ruler of Mandalore in the future. At least that's what we envision, because we never really touch Mandalore beyond Heroes of Mandalore and Star Wars Rebels. And Filoni, he said in an interview, in the midst of all that, something that could get lost is that Bo-Katan, there was no way she was going to go for this. Her loyalties to Pre Vizsla and to Mandalore beyond even the code that they have as warriors, that she believes in Mandalore as a whole. She is a Mandalorian. She's not a Death Watch. She puts that above her own separatist group within her own people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can see why, given this turning point, and the things that lead up to rebels, how she would change yeah. over time based on their experiences. Yeah, she chose to grow. Yeah. And and unlike Maul who didn't, who yeah, constantly who, who constantly
0: kept trying to do the same thing. Over and over. Trying to get different results. That that's the definition of
1: you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so it makes sense that Bo-Katan would be elected for leader because she's gained the knowledge and experience and she's not who she used to be when we first see it's her ezra. yep and so you know maul luring obi-wan to mandalore or yeah. the fact that satine called him it's a lot like how ezra was trying to find obi-wan in the desert yep and mm-hmm. how maul was using ezra to to get to obi-wan oh and then uh of course he tells Obi-Wan, you know, your, your feelings, your emotions betray you. And I like this response from Obi-Wan. He says, you can kill me, but you will never destroy me. You know, you can kill me, but you can never destroy me and my convictions and what I believe in and what I stand for. Whereas Anakin, when he was Vader, he said, Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Yeah. And even Kylo Ren says, your son was weak and foolish like his father. So I destroyed him. So I just find it very interesting how they use those those similar words. Yeah, Of course, things get even more rough with the arrival of Palpatine. And did you see that coming? Because I don't think I ever mentioned that. To be honest, no. I get why he would think
0: that, you know, Maul was a threat somehow to his new apprentice. To be honest, I saw a, a very reckless move. Palpatine? Yes. Interesting. I, I saw that as a very reckless move. You could give me different uh, reasons and, and you could show me the path to why it needed to happen. But at the moment that I saw it, at, at that moment that he chose to come out and do that, I saw it reckless. Because if he was going to do that, he, he could have done it in a different setting. A more secure setting and less messy because it was messy. He was fighting the both, him, Savage, and Mo, Mm -hmm. So it was all over the place. Like I said, you you can explain to me and I'm probably going to understand it. But at that moment, no. No.
1: Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, he had brought up this whole only two there can be and yeah. and you're no longer my apprentice. And while well, saying that I was doing all of this for you to get back to you or something like that. And it was just, Palpatine was right in calling him out in his <laughs> lies. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that was like a blatant yeah. lie. Yeah, you did none of that with Palpatine in mind. I mean, nope. <laughs> And so Bo-Katan ends up breaking out Kenobi, and Kenobi is told to go back to the Senate, tell them what happened here, and he te- he tells her honestly, you know, if I go and I tell this to the Senate, chances are you're going to have the Republic come in and invade. She's like, well, you know, whatever gets Maul off this, this whatever break, gets him killed, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> And that's how, eventually, that's how the Empire has a presence there on Mandalore, because the Republic becomes the Empire. But I I really want to know what happens in the Siege of Mandalore with Ahsoka and Anakin in the Clone Wars. Because right after this, I had mentioned to you that the Son of Dothamir comic came out. And that's another arc about Maul, where supposedly Palpatine had plans for him, but he ends up being broken out by his own Mandalorian people, the ones who stayed loyal to him. And then Mother Mother Talzin gets involved, and I forget who kills her, I think it was Count Dooku or Grievous, one of those two, and and she ends up quote-unquote dying, I don't really know how. (laughs) She's still kicking somewhere, through the force maybe, but... That was that. And then I guess he ends up going back to Mandalore. Because then that's when we see the Siege of Mandalore happen. Yeah. And that's how he faces off with Ahsoka. The guy just doesn't know
0: when to quit. <laughs> no, no. And, and that's, his, that's his, his Achilles heel, basically. Because he, he doesn't take time to think. He just keeps repeating the same strategies, trying
1: to have a different outcome. Right. And I, I guess he does eventually get something with Crimson Dawn. But obviously that doesn't last, last long. Because yeah. he ends up in Malachor all yeah. broken and alone <laughs> until Ezra <laughs> happens to show up.
0: So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting and fascinating.
1: And, and, and
0: you know what? This is what I like about all this is that when I saw the movie, Mo was one character to me. And yes, he's that good and done, you know, in Rebels, uh, the movie, the um, Rogue One. No, no, no. Uh, Solo. The first movie. Uh, oh, the Phantom uh, Menace. OK, you got to be know. specific with movies. It's too many. <laughs> the Phantom Menace is the first time I see him.
1: The oh first yeah. time I know him
0: and you know a bad character you're dead gone Dune, Yeah, you yeah know. yeah and then come now and start seeing all these things and it's sort of like my opinion of him has gone up and down in different directions and I actually find him one of the most fascinating characters
1: yeah, he's up there with Saw and all these you know, other yes. people who have like all these different layers to them. You
0: know, to go through all this, all this pain and, and suffering and
1: how, how, how do you do it? Where, do, how do you find the uh, energy? Yeah. I mean, it's all on hate. He, he's driven by his hate and his anger. Well, that's what fuels him.
0: And he's sad. Like yeah. I said, he's very sad because he's so brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely has a mind for it, but uses it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because you have all these characters like Saw and, and Vader and uh, people who are fueled by things that are not attainable, I guess. And, and through negative feelings, mm-hmm, feelings mm-hmm.
0: that of destruction.
1: Right, yeah. So they're fueled by that negativity. And it's sad because they stand as examples for the rest of us. Yeah. And yet people continue to do that. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in reality. Yeah. yeah. So that's it for today's episode. Next week, we'll talk about the Ahsoka arc. It's the final arc of season five. And it's the most heartbreaking arc of season five, if not the whole series. So, Yeah. Oh, I'm going to cry, are <laughs> yes, I? Yes, I am. I oh. am for sure. So oh. you will definitely. <laughs> In the meantime, visit TheWookieGunner.com for news, reviews, and opinion pieces pertaining to the Star Wars animated shows, and follow TWG on Twitter by searching for the handle TWG site. Uh, listeners can also find me on Twitter with the handle
0: at hubian two fourteen,
1: and listeners can also find Geeky Bubble on Twitter by searching for at Geeky Pod, and they can find me with the handle Blue Guys. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, please follow our podcast network on Twitter by searching for at We Pods, and tune into Unmistakably Star Wars and the Sky Talkers podcast for more Star Wars news and discussion. And may the force be with you always.